hot guy with the eye patch, Jeffrey Barner. And we are both full-time staff, but you might not see us as much this semester, and I'll explain a little bit more about that at the end. But I'm so excited to be continuing our series on praying the Psalms tonight. The Psalms invite us to engage in life circumstances through prayer and poetry and song. And no matter what you're going through right now, there's a psalm out there that you can relate to. And more importantly, it can help guide you on how to talk with God. And so we will be in Psalm 145 tonight, if you want to flip there. And it's a psalm all about praising God. And just so we're all on the same page, I have a good old definition of praise. Um, And so, click. Um, Praise in the original Greek means to sing, to tell of, to give, or to confess. In simpler terms, it means to be thankful for God's blessings and to declare that good news to God and to others. I think often we can attribute praise to an event like a worship concert or church, but for the Christian, praise is a way of life. So in Psalm 145, we'll be looking at three things that don't define our praise, and hopefully we get a good template on how we can pray prayers of praise to God. All right, now that we have all that figured out, let's read Psalm 145, and we'll just be in the first five verses. It says, I will extol you, my God and King. And extol just means enthusiastically praise. So I will enthusiastically praise you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. At the top of the psalm, we see who our author is. Our author is David, and if you don't know much about David, he is the shepherd that defeated the giant Goliath with just a stone. A little after, God promises that one day he'll be king. And as you would guess, the current king, King Saul, isn't super cool with that. And so he makes it his mission to hunt David down and kill him. So for a while, David's on the run. He's living in caves. It's crazy. Uh, But, as God promises, David becomes king. And he has some wins, he also has some personal fails. And then we fast forward a little bit, and we see his days of being hunted down aren't quite over. And this time it's his son who wants to kill him for the throne. So, looking at David's life, you might not guess that he's been through such hard circumstances looking at this psalm. We see that he chooses to focus on the character of God and what his response should be in light of that. Let's look at the first few verses again. It says, I will extol you, my God and King. 
like I mentioned, David was a king. So it feels pretty significant that he would use this title to describe who God is. He knows the characteristics of a good and faithful king. And since I'm guessing you guys haven't had much, um, you know, kings in your life, I have a few um, attributes that describes what a good and faithful king would be like. So he's centered, he's not divided, he's decisive, he uses wisdom to make decisions, he's not rash, he lives with integrity, he protects his people, provides order, creates and inspires creativity in others, blesses the lives of others, and leaves a legacy. When he's calling God king, he's acknowledging his place compared to God. He's, he might be a king to an earthly dominion, but God's a king to heaven and earth. So he's saying, God, you are the rightful ruler of my life. I can trust you with it. David knows that we have a king worthy of honor, and his gratitude overflows into praise. His response is that he will bless God's name forever, every day praising him. Looking at what David has gone through, he knew life wasn't perfect or predictable, yet he is making this proclamation, this promise between him and God that no matter what the day brings, he's going to continue to pursue him. And not only does David know that God is king, but he knows that he's great. He even says that he won't ever get to the bottom or the end of God's greatness. Sometimes we can get caught up with the circumstances in front of us, and our perspectives get skewed. Our problems become bigger, and our hope gets smaller. But David kept God's greatness above anything else. And he shows us that our circumstances don't define our praise. All right, so let's look at the last few verses. It says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. Here we see David was intentional to use his thoughts to praise. He meditates on God's wondrous works with which just means that he thought deeply and carefully about the great things that God did. So let me ask you guys, when you let your minds wander, where do they lead you to? Do they lead you to the exam that you have, that if you flunk it, you'll fail out of school, and you'll become homeless, and you'll live on the streets of Athens, or does it take you to the thought that if you don't find a significant other very soon, then you'll forever be alone, and you'll have to start getting cats, and you don't even like cats? <laughs> Left to themselves, our minds take us to points of anxiety. Oh, I got us all derailed with the cats thing. <laughs> you can have dogs if you want dogs. Um, yeah, left to themselves, our, our minds will just take us to points of anxiety. 
And we tend to forget all the ways that God has worked in our lives and that he will do it again. When we find ourselves playing the what-if game, we have the ability to stop and to pray prayers of praise of what God has already done in our lives. And so our thoughts don't define our praise. We see not only did David think about what God has done, but he thought about who God is. It said that he paid attention to God's glorious splendor. I think we often struggle with this one because we like to feel our feels, right? We like for our feelings to be what tells us to praise. But I think God has more for us than that, than to praise when we just feel in the mood. Um, And I'm not trying to separate emotion from praise. I think it's a, a beautiful, sweet thing to be able to praise God when we're already feeling an overflow from our hearts. But I think we can also praise God before we feel like it. When we start thinking about the aspects of God's glorious splendor, about his majesty and his wisdom, when we think about his constant presence and his unlimited power and his loving and wise plan for our lives, these aspects stir up praise in us that we might have not been feeling before. Our emotions don't define our praise. So I have just a few reflection questions for you guys. And I realize 0.2 seconds isn't really an ample amount of time for you to reflect. So what I would love for you guys to do is to take a picture of these um, and think about a time this week that you can sit and really dig into these questions with the Lord. So snap your pics. And to end our time, I wanted to share with you all about how praying a prayer of praise totally changed an instant in my life. So a few of you know that over the summer, Jeffrey and I went on a missions trip. And while we were there, he got really sick. What I thought was going to be a quick fix ended up becoming really serious really quickly. So we had taken him to the hospital, and they were running tests. And it was still one of the first few days. We didn't know what was going on yet. And I had gotten a call that there was a possibility that Jeffrey had a serious progressive illness and I remember getting off the phone and I was sitting on my bed in my room and I could barely breathe because I was crying so hard and I was able to sputter out a few prayers in that moment mostly for healing and for wisdom for the doctors but after a few minutes I calm myself down, and I took a few deep breaths, and I found myself praising God. And it was just because I needed to remind myself who he was. And I said something like, God, you are king. You are 
ruler of heaven and earth. Everything and everyone in it belongs to you, and you care well for your belongings. God, you are all-knowing, so you already know the results of the test, and I can take comfort from that. God, you are caring. You care about Jeffrey. You're his father. God, you are compassionate. You're here with me now, and you're, you're brokenhearted with me. God, you are good, even when I don't understand or don't see it. And what I found in a really hard moment was that I still had hope. I had hope because I took my eyes off of my circumstances. I stopped the what-if thoughts, and I didn't let my emotions be the truth. And I put my eyes back on the one thing I knew I could count on, which was my unchanging great God. And don't get me wrong, I think I cried like every other hour the next few days, but amidst the fear and the hurt and sadness, I had hope and I had comfort from the Lord. So we all have challenging circumstances in our lives. You guys have stressful classes and complicated relationships. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in the anxiety of it all that we forget who God is. So my prayer for you guys this week is that when you find yourself becoming overwhelmed, you'll have a good cry, you'll take a few deep breaths, and you'll flip to this psalm where you can be brought to praise for who God is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that who you are makes all the difference. That our circumstances and our thoughts and our emotions don't determine our truth. Lord, thank you that we can just lean on you in hard times and in good times, and that you give us a guide on how we can talk to you. Lord, I pray this week as life will continue to um, swirl around us, that we would find ways to praise you um, and to even use your words and pray them back to you. We thank you for all that you have done for us. It's in your name. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180.